This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, presented by VT Scoop on 247sports.com. Get out of here and get something cold to drink. <laughs> Y'all want to, too, you know it. All right, let it rip, let it rip, let's go. <sighs> Guys, tough news before we start off this podcast. Penn State, part of the Big Ten, announces that they are moving to a conference-only schedule amid COVID concerns for next fall. What does that mean? Virginia Tech, Penn State will not happen. Honestly, terrible news. This was the game of the season Obviously, there's still UNC, Miami, Louisville, other big games on the schedule. But I think we can all agree, Penn State, probably a top 10 team, and Virginia Tech somewhere in the top 25 for next season in September would have been a clash of two teams, would have been an opportunity for Virginia Tech to finally beat one of these top 10 teams, and it's no longer going to happen. The schedule loses a lot of allure from that. We don't know what will happen to the other out-of-conference games, Liberty, North Alabama, Middle Tennessee State. I think people are less concerned with those games than they are Penn State. Regardless, really tough news. It looks like it's going to be a whole different world next season. And We saw it first with the spring game being canceled, and now it's July 9th, and look... I don't know about this season. You can only focus on one thing at a time, but it's not looking good. And, you know, that that really eats into me. I can't imagine a fall without football. And, uh, you know, just knowing that these are the years that Virginia Tech is supposed to put it all together. We'll see if they do that. But, you know, being unable to prove that, man, I, I just feel for these coaches, these players, the whole community of people involved with Virginia Tech. It's its a really tough time. Anyways, we got to move forward. We got to push through. Let's jump into an interview, a little recruiting recap and preview with Evan G. Watkins. All right, everyone, we are back. Evan and I tonight. Doug is currently on vacation post-4th of July. First and foremost, how did you spend the fourth? Are you still in phase one of the quarantine? Uh, yeah, we didn't do we didn't do much of anything. We played a little bit at the house, had a little cookout, um, you know, wife and kids, but we didn't do anything. We didn't go anywhere. Watched some fireworks on TV. Um, nothing here was was really even open. They weren't doing fireworks anywhere uh, around here. Everything's still pretty shut down. So, you know, it was uh, it was nice and quiet. And uh, you know, with with the kids, it really didn't. Uh, doesn't doesn't bother me to be nice and quiet. Yeah, and you have the blow up pool too, and I know that 
a lot of people would probably love to have 10 minutes on the phone with you to talk about recruiting. But uh, the last 10 minutes I spent with you before July 4th on the phone was convincing me to get a blow up pool. And that was pretty much, you know, what we did for July 4th. And a lot of people up in northern Virginia uh, around my age don't really care about the current protocols and are in outside bars. So uh, it was a little sketchy seeing hundreds of people all together. So still recommending that everyone stay safe and be smart. And if you're seeing your parents, just take the extra precaution. Uh, it's so crucial. And, and to anyone listening, like we all want to have a football season. Just wear your masks when you're out in public and uh, be safe. But other than that, 4th of July was great. Didn't see too many fireworks. But the fireworks we did see, DJ Harvey from California committing to Virginia Tech on July 4th, the highest-ranked recruit in the 2021 class, coming all the way from the West Coast. To a lot of the outside people, this might seem like a bit of a surprise to the casual fan, but to those pretty in tune with recruiting, this one seemed kind of like it was going to happen, but maybe earlier than it was supposed to. What can you tell us about DJ Harvey and his commitment so early to Virginia Tech? Yeah, I think the timing of it was probably the the biggest surprise, really. I mean, he was a guy that visited Virginia Tech with a 7-on-7 seven seven team. They had a, uh, a tournament in Tennessee a few months ago, jetted over to, to Blacksburg and did a little midnight tour with the, the Hokies staff. Uh, and he was a guy that from that visit just really spoke highly of Virginia Tech, always seemed interested in the Hokies and the small town feel of Blacksburg, really connected well with Justin Hamilton. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that really just kind of seems to buy into that DBU tradition. Likes, you know, Virginia Tech was telling him he can play both sides of the ball. I think, you know, we've seen that before. We've seen some guys that have done that. Uh, whether it was been moonlighting a little bit or, you know, full-fledged getting to play both sides of the ball. But, you know, I think he, uh, you know, he continued to talk well about Virginia Tech, talk highly of the Hokies. And, uh, you know, every list he dropped, every time he did an interview, he would talk about Virginia Tech. So I think if you followed the breadcrumbs, you could see he was really genuinely interested in Virginia Tech. Now, obviously, being from California, uh, it's a little tough on, on you know, guys like uh, from the West Coast jumping all the way to the East Coast for college. Sometimes you see that the other way, guys from Virginia or from the East Coast maybe going to USC, UCLA, things like that. But seeing a guy from the West Coast come to Blacksburg uh, isn't as, uh, you know, as routine. It really hasn't been seen that much. So, you know, he, he really liked the fact that that doesn't happen often. And he can be kind of, you know, one of the first guys to go from California to Virginia Tech um, so, you know, I think that I think that he kind of left some breadcrumbs for us to follow. I was really close to putting in a crystal ball for him um, before he committed. I thought that he was going to do it a little bit later than he did. It was originally going to be November. Then he got pushed to September. Uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation. The season may not happen. I thought he was going to maybe do it in August. That was kind of the vibe that I was getting. Uh, but then he decided to go ahead and announce it, uh, you know, on the 4th of July. So, it wasn't a huge surprise to me that he committed to Virginia Tech. I was a little surprised with the uh, the timing of it. Um, usually, we uh, we have uh, you know a better grasp of when somebody is going to make that commitment, um, but that one we kind of got word of you know Fourth of July morning. So you know it was uh, it, it was definitely one that came up a little quicker than I thought. But it's a good get for the, for Virginia Tech. I think he's a guy that can play early. 
Uh, and I think he's a guy that can really be showcased at, at, in Blacksburg and under Ryan Smith and under Justin Hamilton. Yeah, not quite a four-star just under that threshold, but by the 24-7 sports rankings uh, exclusively, he is a four-star there. So technically the first four-star of the 2021 class. What I find really interesting is now with Harvey's commitment, five out of 12 of these guys are DBs, and eight out of 12 commits are on the defense. Looking at this class... Why do you think that there's only four guys so far that are on the offensive side of the ball or projected to play on the offensive side of the ball? And why does it feel like with Justin Hamilton, the defense is nearing completion? Yeah, you know, it is It is a little bit interesting because with Justin Fuente, it has seemed like offense has really been the priority. Um, but that doesn't feel like it right now with this class. I mean, obviously, I think you can point to one, you know, one singular action that can change the uh, the dynamic of Virginia Tech's offensive recruiting was losing Demetrius Davis. I think that he was a guy that really wanted to bring some elite offensive players with him to Blacksburg. But when he uh, when he decommitted, I think that as a staff, you know, you, you kind of have to reevaluate your board a little bit. You had a bunch of people that were interested in playing with Davis. Now he's gone. So what do you do? You kind of shuffle the deck a little bit. Uh, and I think Virginia Tech, you know, kudos to their staff. I think they scrambled really well to land Taj Bullock. I think he's a quarterback that can really do some things for, for the Hokies. But you have to look at now what are his strengths and, and how can the offense look and, and who are some guys that he's interested in bringing in and building the class with as well. Uh, so the offensive side has taken a little bit of a slower approach to recruiting. And, I, you know, I'm not totally against that. I think – you know, they have a, you know, Jalen Jones, a, a good wide receiver. I've talked at length about him before. Um, you know, when you look at the offensive line, I get a little concerned there with only one commit. Um, but you have to look at the fact that Virginia Tech is one of those schools that really does like to evaluate their offensive linemen in person. That's a thing that Vance Vice has always done, whether it's during spring evals or it's during uh, the summer camps. Uh, you know, or even uh, games in the fall, you know, and you take two of those out of the equation for Virginia Tech, uh, and you can kind of see why things might be a little slower there. It'll be interesting if there isn't a fall season. You know, I know a lot of pe people don't want to hear that, but if there isn't a fall season, you know, how do how does Virginia Tech uh, go after their offensive linemen if they don't have an opportunity to see them in person over the last, you know, let's go with nine months or so, back, counting back from signing day. So, you know, I think when it comes to the offense, I think there's a couple, you know, things you can point at and look at and say, you know, these are some factors here. You know, look at the tight end room there. They have just a few offers out on the table, but they're in the top group for three guys that they really like, you know, with with Jordan Dingle, with uh, Ryan Outs and with uh, Jack Hollyfield. So, you know, I'm not overly concerned about offense. I think the offense will come around. Uh, I do, you know, I, I'm a little confused about the uh, the offensive line recruiting. Kind of want to see where that ends up and, and how the Hokies can address that. But on defense, you know, you got a brand new defensive staff. You got Justin Hamilton running the show. He's mentioned that he wants to run, uh, you know, more of a zone scheme and a little less man than Bud Foster ran. You bring in a whole new defensive staff, Bill Tiernlink and, and Daryl Tapp. They want to get bigger on the defensive line. They're, they're really going after some guys that have some size to them. 
in high school that they don't have to spend a few years kind of developing and and sending them through a nutrition program and a strength program. They want guys that can come in and, and compete right away and, and just be bigger, uh, get bigger up front. You know, you got Tracy Clays that has so many years of experience and all these guys are just going in on these defensive recruits and they've seemed to be landing some of the guys that they've really targeted. I mean, the DB, the DB uh, uh, group alone has been guys that are filling out some of those top targets that they have. Obviously, they still have some guys out there, Markavius Brown and uh, Donovan McMillan, two top targets that Virginia Tech is looking at. But I think they've done really well uh, evaluating guys uh, at the defensive back position that are versatile enough to move around and play different spots. You can look at some of these guys and say he could play corner or he can play something else. They're not going after true, you know, 100%. This guy's only a corner. Going after guys that can play corner, they can play nickel, they can play strong, they can play free. Uh, guys that can really, you know, move around a lot and guys that can play in that zone scheme uh, that Virginia Tech's looking to run. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, when you when you look at what they have now, a few of the top targets left, the two I mentioned earlier, and Jordan Poole as well. Virginia Tech is set up to really sign a good defensive class this year if they can close out on some of those top targets. And I think a lot of that is, you know, scheme-based. I think Justin Hamilton really had to hit the ground running when he was promoted. He obviously already has some relationships. These coaches that came in, a lot of them already had relationships or reputations to help get players developed and get them to the next level and Virginia Tech has really used that to try and build up that defensive class quickly. I think offensive recruiting will come. You know, I don't think Justin uh, Fuente has had a tough time finding wide receivers. Uh, the running back room is really already stocked in Blacksburg. Now, obviously, those numbers will thin out. There's just simply too many running backs for the for the ball to go around to. Uh, but but you know, they they're also targeting some top running backs there as well. Uh, tight end offensive line those are the two they really need to dig into on the offensive line and and land some of their top guys but you know overall this class seems to be shaping up and kind of how we expected it I think the rankings fans might look at the rankings and think that you know things are a little low but as I've said for a long time this is an odd year you you've taken away two of the four ranking periods that uh, a rising senior will have without having spring evaluations and without having summer camps. And if that fall season doesn't happen before signing day, uh, you know, some high schools might shift to the spring. Some may not even have a, se a senior season at all. Now these guys are ranked and evaluated based on their junior year. And it's hard to project somebody, you know, from 16 years old to 17 or 18 years old, uh, that jump in maturity and that jump that they can make on the field. So, uh, you know, I think with rankings, we'll see all of that change. I'm expecting a lot of rankings to change, and I'm expecting a lot of, uh, you know, nationally some decommitments to happen and players to become available. So, you know, I think Virginia Tech is taking a methodical uh, approach to this class, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that that's something that uh, they have a little bit of, of leniency to be able to do simply because it's just a weird year right now. Um, but, you know, I think on the defensive side, I credit Justin Hamilton uh, for – the start that they've had, the players that they're bringing in. And, you know, looking at the group, I don't see anybody where I'm scratching my head saying, why is Virginia Tech bringing this kid in? You know, why did they recruit this guy? I think they're recruiting some really solid football players right now. Yeah, and there's a lot to unpack there. But one thing I like that you, you mentioned specifically was the versatility of a lot of these guys, especially on the defense. And um, you talk about Justin Hamilton, and I don't know if – 
this is his main focus for recruiting now that he's the defensive coordinator and if the staff had a conversation about getting these guys that are versatile. But if you're looking across these guys that Virginia Tech has landed so far, Matthias Carroll is a guy that could play defensive end, outside linebacker, depending on how he grows. We know that his dad is very tall and he could be a six foot six kind of guy. He's six three now. Will Johnson's a guy that could play outside linebacker or middle linebacker. I think in the beginning of the recruiting process, he was even listed as a defensive back. Um, Kelly Lawson's another guy that can play virtually any position on the defense. Uh, and, and then you look at that DB group with those five names, Jalen Stroman, Jalen Hoyle, DJ Harvey, Nike Johnson, uh, Sean Asbury, guys that can just kind of slot all over the defensive backs group. And we may not know what the plan is for Justin Hamilton and how he wants to arrange the defense. Uh, but do you think this is on purpose to get a lot of guys that can do different things so that they can kind of adjust, you know, what they're thinking now to when these guys come on campus, we'll find these guys the right home, whatever position that may be. You know, I think it is. I think that's going to be start. Uh, you know, some of the the uh, focus moving forward is finding guys that can be versatile enough where you can move them around. And it, I mean, it's funny. Look at Justin Hamilton's career himself. He was one of those versatile guys. He was a guy that played multiple positions at Virginia Tech uh, before he went into the NFL. So. You know, I think that that's going to be part of it. I think he's really uh, trying to target guys that can play in that zone scheme. Um, and I think he's done really well at, at doing that. I like the defensive back unit right now. Obviously, if they can grab, uh, you know, a guy like Donovan McMillan, that just takes it to the next level. I think he's a really special player. Markavius Brown's another guy, highly ranked uh, and, and really a versatile type of guy. So, you know, I think they've done really well. I, I think the defense, the defensive back unit, especially uh, in this class, when you look at it on paper, maybe not the highest ranked guys, but you watch the film on a lot of these guys and they're players. They're, they're guys that, that will be able to play and contribute at Virginia Tech. Looking at Donovan McMillan, Marcavius Brown, let's touch on those two names because those are the names that fans want to see, those four-star guys that jump in the class and automatically the class bumps up out of, out of the 50s into the 30s, into the top 30. When you're looking at Donovan McMillan and Marcavius Brown, those would be number six and number seven. Does that make sense for Virginia Tech's recruiting class? Uh, you know, when you get to guys like this, guys of that caliber, it's tough to turn them down. I mean, Virginia Tech's not in any position to turn down a talented football player at this point in time. We're looking at a class that's going to be 25, maybe even stretch it a little further if they can find some JUCO guys that I think they can fill in, um, you know, or get into the transfer portal. They have room. They have space. You have to be able to go in and, and take these talented football players and find a way to mold them into guys in Blacksburg. You know, Markavius Brown could be a guy that, you know, comes in and competes a corner, you know, right away. I think, um, you know, Donovan McMillan, I think he's a day one player as well, uh, you know, based upon his skill, his talent uh, and, you know, Virginia Tech and, and what they have coming back in their defensive uh, backfield. So, you know, I think both of those guys are guys you you absolutely just can't turn down. They're like a DJ Harvey. He's a guy that no matter what you take, he, he's just a great football player. And I think he can make the football team better. And then just looking at what could possibly happen in July, it's funny the the next scheduled commitment looks to be Izzy Atute. 
a three-star linebacker from Virginia Beach, 6'3", 205, uh, currently has five crystal balls for Virginia Tech, another defensive guy, and then maybe Cole Nelson sometime in July. Again, crystal ball dominated by Virginia Tech, a defender. Just preview these two guys for fans, you know, Atute, obviously a big kid, haven't seen someone over six feet at middle linebacker for Virginia Tech in the past five years. Uh, and then Cole Nelson, another guy on the defensive line that it seems TNT wants to get bigger there. And this is certainly a guy that could add to that. So what are these two guys like for Virginia Tech? And how does Virginia Tech stand heading into the month of July with them? Yeah, you know, Issei Atute was, uh, he, he's a little bit of an interesting one um, because Virginia Tech offered him fairly recently. So did NC State and West Virginia looked like they were going to be the team that would get him. Um, but those those two schools came in and offered him fairly recently. And it's funny because those are the two schools that are also battling for Jordan Poole uh, for his commitment, another linebacker. Jordan Poole's a top 100 guy for uh, 24-7 sports. Uh, and, and a lot of, you know, fan bases from Virginia Tech and fan base from NC State, you know, thinking, well, both schools offered this guy. Maybe he's the guy for if you don't land Jordan Poole, you would go after, you know, the one would get Jordan Poole, one would get Issy Atute. That's not the case. Virginia Tech will take both. NC State will take both from everything that I've heard. Um, so, you know, with Jordan Poole pushed his de- decision back. It doesn't really have an impact. Uh, a lot of people wanted to know if Issei Atute committed to Virginia Tech, would that impact Jordan Poole uh, from Virginia Tech's numbers and if they would take Jordan Poole or if they would be full? No, it won't impact a thing. Jordan Poole is, is a guy that they would take, you know, seven days a week up in Blacksburg. Uh, and Issei Atute is also a take at Virginia Tech. So, you know, it looks like things are lined up for the Hokies to land uh, Issei Atute uh, here in a few days. 63205 can play inside linebacker can play outside linebacker another one of those versatile guys he comes from uh you know Frank W Cox in Virginia Beach same high school as Tavion Robinson um they've done really well developing some players down there another in-state guy we've seen Virginia Tech you know last year i think i think the light may have come on a little bit of we need to take some more in-state guys. They got one last year. I think I think that's the least amount Virginia Tech Tech's probably gotten in the last 20 years in one class was taking one in-state guy. So this year they've really been prioritizing in-state. And this is another guy comes from a well-run program in Virginia Beach, a hotbed of talent, and, and can help Virginia Tech both on and off the field. Uh, Cole Nelson's a guy. I had him pegged to Virginia Tech. I, I predicted him to the Hokies months ago. Um, you know, it looked like he was going to make that decision uh, in June. In late June, he was he was ready to go. And then about a day before, two days before, he announced he was going to be pushing his decision back due to some family matters. Uh, turns out his mother was was ill. Um, I've heard she's doing much better. Uh, it looks like he's going to be making a decision sometime in the month of July. He hasn't given a specific date. I talked to him today. Still isn't sure uh, exactly when he's going to make a commitment. But Virginia Tech seems to be a school that is really sitting well for him. You know, obviously Wake Forest was another one we had heard for a while. Vanderbilt was one we had heard for a while. But, you know, most recently over the past month, uh, you know, maybe six weeks or so, we've heard a lot about Virginia Tech with him. And he's another one, 6'3", 230 right now. He's a big defensive end. Uh, You know, he can continue to grow and can continue to develop. 
really, really good player. A lot of people look at Matthias Carroll and think, you know, this guy's got some really good potential. I, I say, look, uh, uh, turn on the film of Cole Nelson. I think Cole Nelson's a dynamic defensive end. Him and Carroll next to each other could be very good for Virginia Tech over the next few years. Uh, and, and I think that the Hokies have a good chance to land him uh, later this month as well. So, you know, it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the summer plays out. You know, we've had some 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 kids want to continue to wait this out and see if they can take some visits with the uh, the dead period. As we've seen today, the Ivy Leaks canceled their season. We're looking at, uh, you know, the possibility of there not being a college football season or an abbreviated college football season this fall. And, and when you look at the pecking order, I know people that follow recruiting closely may not want to hear it, but when you look at the pecking order of things, recruit, getting recruits on campus is the bottom of the totem pole. You got to get your students back. You got to get your football players back. You need to be able to get fans in the stands, be able to have some games on campus, and then you worry about official visits and unofficial visits and, and getting guys to check out your college. So, you know, I think we're, uh, we're looking at five or six rungs down on that, uh, that totem pole before we find out what recruiting is going to do. And if this thing continues to drag out, I mean, who knows? But uh, I think Virginia Tech has set up those two guys uh, right now in July, maybe could have another one. Some some players are starting to, uh, to get the itch to go ahead and make their college decision if they're going to start fall camp here in August, if their high schools are going to allow fall football. So you know, I think uh, I think Virginia Tech is going into July pretty well. I think that they've got a good chance to land those two and maybe a little bit more. Yeah, and I like what Virginia Tech is doing on the defensive side in regards to recruiting, and they could push their numbers to double digits while the offense is looking for commit number five. Um, and obviously getting a lot of guys in the defensive backs group, maybe getting a couple linebackers, uh, still looking at defensive tackles. We'll see what happens there. But, you know, there's a lot of promise with this defensive group, especially when you look at how versatile each of these guys can be. Obviously, a, a quick rundown of the current recruiting landscape. Anything else you want to add? I know it's a short one tonight. Anything else you want to throw in there for people that are looking into recruiting now? No, I just think that you need to uh, continue to look at this as a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, I think Virginia Tech is looking at it the right way. I mean, obviously, everybody has their own opinion. Um, you know, I think it can probably be frustrating for Virginia Tech fans looking and seeing programs like in North Carolina that are recruiting so well right now. Um, but it will be interesting to me if this, if, if the NCAA opens up uh, visits, you know, we're looking at a lot of schools, a lot of committed players are saying, Hey, we're going to take visits, you know, no matter what, we're, we're going out and taking visits before we sign anywhere with Virginia tech recruits. Obviously they have less of them. Obviously the class is a little lower ranked, but they seem to be locked in. I don't see a lot of guys that are going to take visits elsewhere and are going to be decommitment, uh, you know, threats right now. Uh, so, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm expecting a lot of decommitments. We've seen a, a record amount of early commitments in the class. I think we're going to see a record amount of decommitments in the class. We've, you know, we've heard stories of, of schools saying you won't have a spot if you don't commit now. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of kids that have committed to schools across the country, sight unseen, and that's a recipe for disaster to me. I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, opportunities for a program like Virginia Tech. We've seen what they've been able to do through the transfer portal, and I think they're going to be able to do something similar uh, in, in this decommitment period that a lot of people are expecting when kids are, are either dropped or decommit from the schools they're committed to. 
Virginia Tech has room. They're signing a big class, and they have immediate needs at certain positions. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Hokies can kind of move into really good position with some guys that maybe aren't available now but might be available here in a few months. All right. We are signing off. With that being said, Evan, any final words for the listeners out there? Just subscribe to vtscoop.com. We're bringing the heat every day. Love it. Bringing the heat. Now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.